I want to quickly introduce our speaker to you. Warren Stewart is here with us. He is your missionary with Cornerstone Chapel. He's been here a couple of times before uh, with Stake and Study. Um, sorry I haven't left you much time, Warren. Uh, but he, he is a missionary that plants uh, churches and unreached people groups. Uh, so he's doing this all over the world, training and equipping and raising up leaders to plant small churches in, in all parts of, of the world, um, mobilizes us to help those churches in those places. Um, and just real quickly, a little bit of his background, wife, Julie, uh, five boys, um, Warren in another time, way back when, um, was an NCAA wrestling champion. Yeah. 142-pound weight class, if I remember. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, served in the Marine Corps. Yeah. A sniper um, served in Beirut and actually was on in a building, on a building, on top of a building, I don't know where, um, looking at people and targets, age 19, 20 and there, and realized, I need the Lord and gave his life to the Lord on a building in Beirut. So, yeah. And hasn't looked back since, so this is a guy that gets it done. Uh, guy, let's welcome Warren Stewart. Testing, we good? All right. Um, first of all, Ben, um, there's no way he saw my notes. I just wrote my talk this morning, just finished it, and um, I, could be, I could finish because he just preached <laughs> what I was going to talk about. So thanks, Ben. You set us up perfectly. Um, uh, I, all right, I'm going to start off by saying I'm definitely a very strange person, and one, it's multiple reasons. One, um, I, I'm a hillbilly. I'm from central Pennsylvania, so um, we don't think right up there. <laughs> um, I think because I'm a smaller guy, I probably have a little bit of that um, Napoleonic complex. And then the fact that I was a Marine and, and wrestled and all that stuff. But the reason why I say that is generally, and I'm saying this, I'm not like this is cool. I'm just saying this is how twisted I am. When I walk in a room, maybe some of you guys do this. When I walk in a room, I measure it up. And I think, ah, am I still the baddest guy in the room? Well, I want to say, generally, when I go to Christian events, I am. I mean, generally, it's pencil neck, skinny, you know, probably I never fight in the life. Um, but I come here, you guys are big, you guys are big dudes. There's a dude walking around back there all tatted up. I mean, I wouldn't mess with that guy ever. You guys know what I'm talking about. Where is he? I was looking for him again. I want to keep him in my front of me. <laughs> So you guys, yeah, you guys are big guys. You're growing big up here in Northern Virginia. Uh, I live presently in, in Lynchburg, but uh, that's my home base. And um, the only correction I want to make with Matt, I'm not all over the world. Uh, my focus is Central Asia, which is, um, you know, the Stans. So Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan. That's, my, that's the area of my focus. I'll talk a little bit about Afghanistan towards the end. But, um, but I, I do want to focus this morning, all right, so the, kind of the takeaway, what we want to be able to do. And um, I just, it makes it easier for me to start this way. 
I want to do a little juxtaposition of what it means to be a Christian versus what it means to live in the kingdom, right? And we'll, again, we'll talk about this in a second, but um, when Jesus preached, he preached about the kingdom. He didn't preach what, about being Christian. And, and so I think um, I want to do a little juxtaposition about that and then talk about some barriers of, uh, that keep us from being or living in the kingdom. But first, even though we've prayed already, I want to, I want to open in prayer again. Um, Holy Spirit, we are grateful for being here, but we invite you in. Uh, Holy Spirit, we ask you take control over this time. We give you authority over our intellects, our wills, our emotions, our bodies. It's all yours. Holy Spirit, we pray um, that you would reveal to us any areas of unconfessed sin, any areas of junk that we haven't um, confessed to you or, or to others. And we ask that you would point us to Christ. Use this time to bring our focus in on our King. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So, yeah, that's another thing. There's a dude right here. He's got his glasses behind his back. That's, how, that's where I keep mine. I keep them here. People say, hey, your glasses are on your back of your shirt. It's like, ah, that's what, I don't lose them. My wife and I both have these reading glasses. Um, she has them all over the house. Everywhere. Every room, everywhere. But she never has them. It's like, hey, can I use your glasses? And it actually makes me upset. Like, no, I keep them there so I know where they are. If I give them to you, they're gone. <laughs> so don't tell her I said that. Oh, you won't see her. <laughs> All right. Um, so I want to talk about the kingdom real quick. So the kingdom of God, uh, basic elements of the kingdom. First of all, as we sang, um, God reigns. Exodus 15, 18 says, the Lord reigns forever and ever. So God is in charge. Um, the other thing, and this goes back to what I was saying about Jesus. When Jesus came and preached, um, he went throughout his, his, the region, and essentially this was his message. From the time that Jesus began to preach, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. So here's the thing. That was his message. Everywhere he went, he was saying, repent. Another way of saying repent is change your mind or renew your thinking. Allow your thinking to be transformed by this idea that the kingdom of heaven is here, accessible, near, available. All right. So that was his message. Um, all right. Let, let's move on. All right. So um, also... It's important to understand with the kingdom that Jesus is the king. Like uh, Hebrews 12, 2 says that we're to keep our eyes fixed on Christ, the, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorned the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So that's his position. He, uh, through what he did, through his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, uh, and and um, ascension back into heaven. He is now king on the throne. So obviously, again, we, we worshiped him. We, we talked about that or, or sang about that this morning. So uh, that God reigns forever and ever. He always has. He always will. Uh, Jesus' message is the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus is the king. All right. Um, when we enter the kingdom of God, we are committing to Jesus 
not just for the atonement of our sin, although that's essential. There's no entering into the kingdom without the atonement, without the blood. All right, you understand what I'm saying with the atonement, that Jesus had to die. His blood had to be, he had to sacrifice, and his, his blood is what atones us from our sins. So, so there is that element, but when we do that, we enter into this discipling or discipleshipping uh, relationship with the king, that we are, we are now learning to, um, from him how to live our lives. We are um, entering into a relationship where we're with Jesus, so that we can, uh, and we're learning from Jesus how to be like Jesus. All right. Um, one of the ways he invites us into that, and this is important, uh, because, and I, I don't hope you don't get upset with me here. I'm going to use this message version on this one topic because it, it says it a little better. I like this. So, um, and it's Matthew 11:28 through 30. Jesus says he's saying this to the crowds. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So when we enter into the kingdom, when we, um, we, the, the atonement, our sins are forgiven, but we enter into this walking with Jesus, learning from Jesus, watching Jesus how to live our lives. He'll teach us how to do it freely and lightly. All right? And then the last part, Again, which is right in keeping with the songs we sang, um, passionate Christ followers, those who've been, um, who've entered into that relationship, who've, who've, who've the, uh, got Christ's atonement paid for their sins, and they are Christ's disciples, um, they will rule with God forever. So Revelation 26 says, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. And then in Revelation 22, 5 says, there will be no more night. Uh, they will not need light of, or of the lamp and light of the sun, for the Lord will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. So that's our future. So, so when we talk about the kingdom... So these are the elements of the kingdom. And when we talk about it, we're talking about it's here available, present to us. And as we enter into it, we're, we're, the atonement, the blood of Christ had to be applied to our lives so we can enter into the kingdom. But then as we do that, we learn from Jesus. And as we're learning from Jesus how to live our lives, we are in ruling and reigning training. That's what we're becoming. We're in boot camp now learning how to rule and reign with God, with Christ, forever and ever and ever. That's our future. That's our destiny. But, so th- go back to the juxt- juxtaposition I wanted to use. If we just accept the atonement, and if that's it, we just want to get in. We're missing out in the whole big deal. 
We're missing out in, 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 the, in the reality that he's bringing us into. If we just want to make the cut, if you just want to get in, if you just want your sins forgiven, you miss the whole thing. You miss the whole thing. You miss the reality of the kingdom, of God being in charge of your life, of you submitting under his authority and reigning and ruling and teaching you how to live that free and, uh, life. Now, there's barriers. We'll double-click on that in a second, but there's barriers that are keeping us from that. All right? The first barrier is that we don't see the kingdom. We don't see it. John 3, 1 through 3. Um, now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a good teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with him. And then Jesus replied, Nicodemus, you're a good guy. But very, very, very truly, I tell you, you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. We can't see it unless we've made that decision to follow Christ. And even when we do that, if we do it only with the atonement in mind, only with getting out of hell, only with a get-out-of-hell-free card, it's still vague, and we're missing it. So a first barrier is seeing it. Seeing it. And again, I think those who make the decision for Christ... um, Especially most of you guys here that have done that. Like, it's, you're not just asking for the cutoff. Can I make the cut? But um, it is vague. And if we, if we only listen, if we only take that part of it, we don't, we don't move. We don't, we don't pivot at all. And we don't move closer and closer towards um, that intimacy, that relationship, that bond that Jesus has for us. All right? So the first thing is we don't see it. And one of the reasons why we don't see it is that our peers aren't living it either. So we, don't, we look to our left and to our right and we're saying, hey, who's living that abundant life? Who's living that, the, the life that was described by Jesus when, uh, free and lightly? Who's living that? And so if we don't see it over here, we don't see it. Then the, the, um, the natural thought would be, well, this must be the best we do. Until we get out, you know, and then we get in that in that habit of just waiting for Christ to return or waiting until we check out. And that's not what it should be. It shouldn't be that that um, he's invited us to this abundant life. And we'll talk about that in a second. All right. So another barrier um, is that we don't know the king. We don't know the king. And um, I'm flying through this, but you guys know the parable of the talents, right? So um, pretty straightforward. There's, uh, there was a master of a, uh, um, that ran this property. He was about to take off. Before he took off, he entrusted three of his workers, his servants, with talents. Um, I forget the numbers. I think it was, um, what were they, four, two, and one. What were the numbers? Five, two, one. Five, two, one. Five, two, one. Right? Game five, game two, game one. The first two, 
they, they, uh, they invested, they gave the talents to, they multiplied it. And when he returned, he basically said, well done, good and faithful servants. You are faithful in these little things. Um, I will bless you with kingdoms to rule over. Enter into the joy of your master, which I think that's a powerful statement. Enter into the joy of your master. Enter into the joy of your master. So, um, so that's, you, don't, you don't get to hear at all what they're thinking. They just did it and were rewarded for it. The third guy who he gave one to, um, you know, he reports to him, and, and this is what it, this is the interchange with, between him and the third guy. Um, he also, who had received one talent, came forward saying, Master, listen, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you do not sow, gathering where you, uh, where you gathering and scattered where you have not uh, scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I don't sow and gather where I didn't scatter. Then you ought to have at least invested my money in the bank. Uh, and at my coming, I should have received what I was with interest, what I own with interest. So essentially, guys, he didn't know the king. His, his perception of the king was that he was holding out on him, that he would hold out on him, and that um, his response was not going to be uh, one of generosity, that he didn't know him and he didn't believe in him. And that sense that God is holding out on us is a theme that has been running throughout mankind since the fall. That's the number one theme that trips us up every time. We believe God's holding out of us. We on us. We don't know that He is good, and that He is looking out for our best interest, and that He wants to abundantly bless our efforts. He wants to abundantly bless our efforts. We hold back because we think He's holding out. And then the last um, barrier is um, is we don't know our position in, in the kingdom. We don't know our position, all right? So, and, and on this one, I want to talk, use that, um, the parable of, of the prodigal son, which we all, again, another one of those pro, uh, parables we've heard a lot of. But the, the point, the, the part of the parable that I want to talk about is the, the older brother, all right? So, you guys know the story. The uh, younger brother got his inheritance. He went and spent it all. I mean, he tell up his life. He, uh, it went south fast. And he was eating pig slop to survive. That was his food. Um, and then, it, beautifully it says, and then he came to himself. He came to himself. And then, see, he realized something. He said, even the, the lowest person in my father's kingdom is better off than I am. Like, he understood that. <laughs> For the, finally. And when he did, he went home. And his dad was celebrating. He was so excited. Um, but the older brother had issues, right? And this is what he said. The older brother came, uh, became angry and refused to go to this party. So, uh, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But, his, uh, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeying your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat 
so, so that I could celebrate with my friends. Um, but when his, um, when his son, but he said then, uh, his son, um, and then he said, your son that squandered everything um, in your property with prostitutes has finally come home. You killed the fatted calf for him. And, he, and the father said, my son, um, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. So we don't understand our position that, that um, God is always with us and everything he has is ours. All right. So the, and with this idea, I want to, one of the core themes here is I want us to understand what it means. Um, we, we didn't use the term exactly, but so we're talking about the kingdom. Another term that equates to the kingdom is eternal life. All right. Or the eternal kind of life. All right. Now, um, the reason why I don't always use eternal life is I don't know what most people think when they hear eternal, right? I think if I were to do a survey, I think most of us think eternal is quantity, a long time, right? Goes well into the future, you know? Um, but the, rea- the actual, if I were to try to describe the definition of eternal, it's more like this. When Jesus says, for example, if he says, I've come to give you eternal life. Okay? Um, it's, a, and it's essentially him saying, it's a quality of life. An abundant quality of life. I've come to give you a quality of life. All right? And then he walks, starts walking out the door. He's walking across the room, and he's, he's out the door. And then pops his head back in and says, oh, yeah, by the way, I almost forgot. It goes on forever. Like, the goes on forever part is the minimal part of the eternal. It's a quality. It's an abundant. It's a big deal. So if we get fixated on the, 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 dis, the, the length of it, if we get fixated on the future of it, we miss the quality of it. We miss the abundance of it. And that's what, was, that's what we're trying to do here as we unpack what it means to live in the kingdom. Living in the kingdom is a quality of life, an abundance that goes on forever. And it just happens to go on forever. We have a tendency to put the goes on forever in front of it. And if we put that, that in order and then we look through these barriers... Right? So, um, we recognize that if we see the kingdom, we see what Jesus says. It's here. It's available. A quality of life that goes on forever is available to you here and now. If we take the time and get to know the king, we'll recognize that he's good. He's good, and he doesn't want to put anything heavy or ill-fitting on us. That he's, he's, it's a good thing to follow him. It's a good thing to follow in his steps. It's a safe place to be. Once you recognize that, um, that, that everything he has is ours, you realize 
it's a safe place and a place of abundance that whatever you want to get done in the kingdom can get done. There's no questions. So I want to give you a picture. This is Jesus. So, but it's a good picture of what it means when you embrace all these kingdom ideas. Okay? This is the fruit of it. John 13, 1 through 5. Just real quick. Anybody know what John 13, 1 through 5 is? It does, you know what the story is? I mean, if you don't, it's okay. But it, it's the, it's, it's the uh, story where he washes the disciples' feet just before he goes to the cross. So uh, John 13, 1 through 5. It was just before Passover festival. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power, and that that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. He knew the position he had, and by understanding that position, he was released to serve those guys with such incredible, abundant, awesome way that it, it, was, it was unheard of in that time. I mean, obviously, we don't even wash people's feet today, but our king was released by the fact that he knew where he came from. He was released by that. Do you get that? He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. He knew that he was sent by God, the Father, He was released by that reality to serve in such a menial way with joy. Because we were told earlier, for the joy, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He was able to get on his face serving these guys for the joy set before him because of the kingdom that he was entering into or because of the kingdom that he was living in. For the joy set before him. He endured the cross and despised the shame. That's our invitation. Somehow we have to see it. We have to trust it. And we have to follow him so that we can learn from him how to live like that. Obviously, there are barriers. Obviously, there are barriers. He wants to break those barriers. He didn't have any of them because he was king. He was Jesus. But he wants us to break them. He wants us to learn from him so that we can live freely and lightly. That's what he's getting at. He wants us to be able to do that, serve one another in that way because we know where we've come from. We know where we're going. We know who we follow. We know the end. And again, the end isn't just that Jesus wins. The end isn't just that God wins. That's not the end. 
That is part of it. But the end is we get to rule and reign with him forever. That was ruling and reigning training. We're taught, we're, we're told in the word, Jesus learned obedience. Our king learned obedience by what he suffered. Our king learned that. We get to follow him in that. But he had to know where he came from, know where he was going, in order to be willing to walk through that stuff. That's the kingdom. The kingdom living isn't, oh man, we just endure this until we get out. No, no. Kingdom living is thriving in this stuff, regardless of the circumstance, regardless how hard it gets, thriving in this stuff so that the kingdom of God will be revealed to other people around us in the midst of chaos, in the midst of trials, in the midst of trouble. So, I don't even know what time it is. What time is it? Oh, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Amen. All right. Final little story to wrap this up. So um, I introduced Matt. We had a Zoom call with a buddy of mine. He's Kyrgyz. He's from Kyrgyzstan. He, um, I won't tell you his whole entire journey, but five years ago, 2015, he, um, he committed to moving his family to Afghanistan. So he was living in Afghanistan when, and he actually, by God's grace, was able to form a team. So it was an international team. So his family's Kyrgyz. There was a Chinese family there that was part of his team. And uh, two Filipino brother and sister they were all part of the team. And they were, they've been serving together. And um, uh, so obviously this chaos hits. The Chinese family... Um, we were able to help them get out and help them relocate to Azerbaijan. But uh, the Filipino couple in, in this guy stayed. Um, and <laughs> he was going to stay. So essentially I had to tell him, look, I want you to stay. That's fine. You can stay. But, um, you know, you got a family. Let's just step out for a second. Let's see how this all unfolds. And then we'll, you know, when it's time, we'll slide back in. So he did. Praise God, he did. Well, the other couple, the, the brother-sister didn't get out. They're still there. So we've been trying to help figure out how to get out. Well, they just quit trying. <laughs> they just said, we're done. We've been to the airport so many times. We've tried to get out through this border. We tried to get out through that border. We're done. So um, they just started, because um, they had a network of, of believers that they've led to Christ. and um, So they just started feeding them. They just started um, figuring out ways. There's a... I don't know if Matt's still here, but I think it was about 150 people that they've committed to feed. Not all are believers, but they're all part of the network of relationships that are there. So, um, so they started feeding them, and, um, and then we talked to him, and uh, he's, him and his whole family, they're just biting at the bit to get back in. Like, the chaos that we see there is not... There, and, and we asked him, like, um, in, in a conversation, you know, um, are you worried about the Taliban hunting people down? He said, well, right now, he said, honestly, Taliban's so busy setting up government and everything else, they're not hunting people. They probably won't be hunting people for two years. So he's ready to get back in 
to get back to work. Um, that's kingdom mindset. And, and it's real. It was really sincere. He wasn't trying to put on a show with us. That's his heart. That's the kingdom mindset. All right. And he loves it. And then so um, I have another friend that knows him. And, I, and I, I was in a conversation with that guy. And I said, what do you think about his name is Jingus. What do you think about Jingus? You think he goes, yeah, he's legit. That, that is not fake. He, he is, he's passionate about the Lord, and he's passionate about sharing his faith, and he's passionate about Afghanistan. And so um, I, when you see that, you want to be around that. That seeing, that's an example. I get to see the kingdom lived out right there in front of me. Now, it's not everybody. Not, not, it's not just making those big steps. You know, we, there's subtle ways that we can live in that here. So it's not all about you know, hard places. But it is about living in the kingdom right where we are, right where you are, knowing that the kingdom of heaven is here, right where you are doing what you're doing. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this time. You are good. We worship you. Um, thank you for these guys, man, just to see men of God coming together, hanging out together, and wanting to be part of what you're doing. We ask your blessing over uh, these guys here. We ask your blessing over Cornerstone and the way that you are using Cornerstone to influence thousands of people for the kingdom. We ask your blessing in Christ's name. Everybody said?